Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking about how good Damian Lillard is right now. So obviously, Dame has been rumored in trade talks all offseason. I'd probably argue it's been the number one story of the offseason. Obviously, there's the Harden trade talks, there was free agency, there was Team USA, but where Dame is going has kind of captivated everybody this offseason because he's such a such a dominant offensive player that is such a serious needle mover. Like they talk about the rumors have been to Miami. There's been some other teams that have popped up in the last week. If Dame goes to Miami and it's Jimmy Butler, Bam and Dame, that is one of the, the best big threes I've seen. And then in terms of skill set combinations clicking together, that is really, really scary because just on at, at a basic level, I would say, you know, the, the elevator pitch of what Dame is, is a dominant scorer, a good playmaker, and a bad defender. Like, that's just the, the very simple way of putting it. He was number one in O'LeBron this last season, where I thought he was actually, like, halfway through the season. I was like, do we need to get some MVP buzz going for him? Because I know... I know the Blazers aren't very good. He ended up getting shut down because they were they were trying to lose games, not win games at the end of the year. But he hasn't been surrounded by very good talent the last, I would say, half decade. And it's been a struggle. And I know the MVP votes don't tend to flow towards players on bad teams. But his offensive impact, like I was doing research for the show. And, you know, I... Always quickly just look at the box score just to try to get my bearings on a guy. Then I'll go into, obviously, I really like to go into the skills app on Basketball Index. One, because I designed it. <laughs> and uh, two, I just think it's the easiest way. You grab, you know, finishing talent, mid-range talent, three-point shooting talent. Throw it all in there. Look at the last five years. See where he ranks. You can sort of buy on-ball players. So if you want to get into, like, the real nitty-gritty of how he stacks up against guys with, the ball, like, the ball in their hand all the time, the guys you're depending on more than not the star players tend to have the ball more like how does he compare in the analytics compared to those guys so we'll start with the box score 32 points a game is unreal volume 37 from three on 11 attempts a game so he's just raining threes that's pretty good efficiency for a lot of difficult pull-up threes 57% from two, which I'd say like the league average there is like 52, 53%. So above average there. And then shooting about nine and a half free throw attempts a game at 91%. So that's just like the quick and dirty, insane volume, good from three on extremely high volume, really strong from two, and then getting to the free throw line at an elite rate, the best rate of his career, and then shooting at like angel level percent. There just aren't a lot of human beings that have ever posted seasons above 91% from the free throw line at anything near that volume. So that's going to end with insane efficiency. That's 11% better than league average. That is like otherworldly that is mvp level scoring when you're doing it on volume actually this is a great time to plug the app i made with Filippos. if you haven't listened to the big time or sorry adjusted big time scoring podcast that was the app we made it's free you can use it right now if you go to twitter uh, at taylor metrics if you click on it in my bio again it's free to use and you can just look at all time volume scoring seasons so what we want to do is we want to look at just this year 
Dame was third. And the way that this app works is every season, it takes the top 25 scores in terms of points per 75, right? So just grabs kind of vaguely what stars are scoring in a season. And then it looks at how a player is performing relative to that. So Dame, relative to the top 25 scores of the season, was scoring about three and a half points more per 75. So really good volume compared to other star players. And the efficiency was really, really high. If you throw those both together, you get a Z score. He was third this season. It was Embiid at number one. He was kind of off on his own. And then Giannis and Dame were right there at two and three, kind of interchangeable as the best scores this year. All time in this database, it goes back to 1974, Dame was 85th percentile in terms of a scoring season. So this is one of the better scoring seasons. And again, this adjusts for your era, your season pretty well, because again, it looks at points per 75, and then it takes the average top 25 guys in every season. And then the efficiency, again, is relative to your season. So relative to seasons, this is one of the better scoring seasons in, that was a lot of me saying the word season, uh, since going back to 1974. So anytime I can use the adjusted big time scoring app, I'm always excited about it. <laughs> but just to kind of put things in perspective of the box score, this is a elite scoring season. If we go into the analytics side of it, right? We're going to look at finishing talent, mid-range talent, and three-point shooting talent. Basically, the way the talents work is they look at your shot making. They look at your shot quality. So how will you perform? Shot making is how will you perform to the quality? And then it looks at your shot creation, how much you're able to self-generate. And I think one thing you'd be concerned with, Dame, because he's on the trade block, and the answer to the question of this podcast is, how good is he right now? Because this was his age 32 season. I would say your prime is vaguely from like age 27 to I'd say probably like 32 is where you're getting like the real prime stuff. You know, you can maybe slide that a little younger, but I'm kind of putting into perspective, you might get a little more raw box score if you slide that a little bit lower, but in terms of the ability to control the game, I think we've seen this with Dame, maybe in the last five years, his ability to control possessions, to control the flow of the game, to slow things down and really put his fingerprints on a fourth quarter, you know, at Dame time. Like he literally has a time named after him. It's the end of the game when he hits ice cold buckets then end games. <laughs> so the ability to control things, very, very valuable. And the, all, the, all that, the point being, you're worried, okay, how many more years of elite all NBA, possibly if you're talking to me, MVP case seasons is he going to have? Because he's going to be 33 next year. So the first thing, finishing talent, compared to other on-ball players that played 1,000 minutes over the last five years, he's been good. He's been above average. That's getting to and finishing at the rim, adjusted for difficulty. He's been a good player on-ball. Last year, he took it to an elite level. He was one of the top 10 finishers, I believe, in the – if I could pull that up. He was one of the best finishers in the league last season, and – you know, it's it's hard to say what sparked that. Again, he's always been good at it. And I think it might be that thing of so much of his game is the push and the pull of pulling players out so far beyond the three-point line that if you're going to overplay that, 
he's a smart enough player to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to punish you with my quickness and get to the rim. So again, his, his ability to get to the rim and finish, it's the best it's ever been in his career. So you're excited about that because that's the area you're probably the most worried about his decline because three point shooting historically ages pretty well. So you're worried about the more, the more physical side of his skill set. Uh, moving to mid-range talent, this has always been like it's always been good, you know, to solid to a little above average compared to other on-ball guys. Dame isn't really known for taking a ton of mid-rangers, but he's definitely at that level where you're you're not really letting this guy shoot anything for free. So, uh, really, really good finishing talent coming off a, an elite year. The mid-range talent is solid. It's something that you know he can go to. There's a comfortability there, but it's not his bread and butter. And then moving to three-point shooting talent. Four of the last five years, it's just hyper elite stuff outside of Steph Curry. Like, let's say Marvel Universe, you know, different timeline. We're, we're in a universe where Steph Curry played golf instead of basketball. We might be talking about Damian Lillard. We probably are as the greatest three-point shooter ever. His ability to do things specifically on pull-ups, specifically from really deep. It just, we talk about gravity and his ability to just pull teams away from the basket or just punish them with, I mean, long-range artillery shots is pretty otherworldly. The only year it wasn't elite was in 2022 where he missed a big chunk of the year due to a core injury, played through some injuries. All of his numbers were just sort of down across the board. But the three-point shooting talent is as good as it gets pretty much outside of Steph Curry. It is otherworldly, and his ability to score in the pick and roll has always been really strong, and specifically now when I think the playoffs, his ability to stretch defenses, and you know, we talk about like, oh, can you go under this guy on screens or whatever it is, like Dame, like sometimes you blitz him and he still hits a pull-up three, so I think I I would just really like to see that on a high-end team, because I think that would give teams fits, and I think he would be able to play a lot of players off the court. Because we we you know we theory craft this thing of oh you know that player's not going to be able to play in the playoffs you know he's too big he's too slow he protects the rim too well he doesn't want to leave it and I know why we do it but outside of a few guys if you if you have the right kind of draw in terms of your your run through the playoffs and you avoid a Steph Curry and you maybe avoid I don't know another great pull up three point shooter like you you might not have to limit a guy's minutes as much as you think. And again, I think this kind of goes back to theory crafting. We like to do it. It's fun to do, but there just are certain situations where it's like, nah, it turns out this team just sort of played big and you couldn't really get to the rim. And it was just a huge issue and they lost the series. So it's situational, but I think Dame has the skill set to slice and dice. I mean, even players that are good at switching, <laughs> that are good at hedging, he could still give fits to. So the three-level scoring, the finishing is good. It was elite last year, so that's that's encouraging. The mid-range talent is solid, and then the three-point shooting is just hyper, hyper. I don't even want to call it elite because that makes it sound like he has peers. I think like there's maybe like two or three guys that are kind of around him, sort of. Steph's above him, and there's a gap to everybody else. So just from a scoring standpoint, we talked about scoring here a lot. That's a big part of his game. But it is, it is really something, and it is it is very very valuable. Let's talk about the playmaking. The playmaking is is good out of him. Anytime you have that much scoring gravity, you're going to be able to leverage that into some good passing. His 
passing creation numbers again are they're good they're not elite his quality numbers are very very good so he's producing quite a few shots and it's leading to exceptional quality a lot of that is him leveraging his gravity he just straight up gets double teamed like he's one of the few guys where you know he gets blitzed on a pick and roll because it's like we just have to get the ball out of his hands because we cannot afford to be dealing with this <laughs> and the quality he's creating for teammates is really good the versatility the different types of passing he's making is solid it's not just one pass over and over again the efficiency is really low but this hat like it's not it's nice to have high efficiency passers, right? Because you you want to turn over the ball less. But anytime you're operating on a volume that is above like 90th percentile, right? Which he is. And you're creating really, really high quality looks when you do that. You just can live with turnovers. It's just, you're, you're getting so much value out of it. It's just not the end of the world. Overall, I would say his playmaking is good plus. <laughs> I don't want to say this. We'll say the, the best playmakers in the league are like A, A plus. I would say Dame is maybe like an A, B plus, A minus. I would say maybe A minus where he's not as good as maybe the top five guys, but he's not too far off behind that. We'll say it will settle on A minus where the playmaking is quite good and the scoring is exceptional. So you're wondering like, is this the best player in the league? <laughs> and in a certain season, I might try to convince you of that, but it's difficult because one place where the value is is pretty rough is on the defensive end. So it's hard because he's been on some really bad teams the past few years that are not only not very good, but they're not defensively slanted. So you're your numbers are going to be affected by that because basketball, as much as we try to separate things out, you still are connected to your teammates in some ways, especially on the defensive end. You know, we're working on that. We're developing new metrics every day, but it's, it's hard. So if you, let's just say he was on the Grizzlies instead of John Morant, his defensive numbers would look better. I don't think they really look good, but they would look better right now. It's like bottom of the barrel bottom, maybe like 20 guys in the league, really bad stuff. Again, if you threw him on the Grizzlies, you switch him out with Jaw, it's probably just somewhere in the the neighborhood of not good. <laughs> um, but not like a, not exceptionally Trey Young bad. So the scoring, hyper elite stuff. The playmaking is very, very good. We'll call it an A minus. And then the defense is bad. But we've talked about this before on the podcast. Defense matters, right? Your weak link matters. You're gonna get switched in the playoffs. It's all gonna happen. The smaller the player, the less it matters. So your center, your your five, your four, your three, it's just more important. And as you get smaller in that number, your your two and your one, it just it isn't as big of a deal because they are not in every possession. Like your big is just sort of gonna be in every single play and every single action, whether it's pick and roll, anything around the basket, even like to some point off screen actions, because you can switch things, you can jump things, but there's going to be an element of probably being able to hide Dame a little bit. And then let's try to think, is there anything Dame is, is decent at? Not really. There are some steals, but if you're a perimeter player that plays as much as him, like you're just going to get some steals, not a lot of playing the passing lanes and really just stays away from defending on ball. He's not good at it. The short of it, he was in a low activity defensive role, which is basically you're just hiding a player. But 
I think everything you get on offense makes it worth it. And like I said, like you can have one bad defender on your team. Like you start having lineups with three bad defenders, four, you start running into the problems the Jazz had when they were trying to play with Rudy in maybe like 2020, 2021, where it was like, there are there are three and a half bad defenders on the court and Rudy Gobert, and we saw in the playoffs that really doesn't work. But one guy surrounded by above average to average defenders, I, I do think that's a place you can hide him, especially when it's your point guard, because the, it, it just doesn't make sense. All the teams in the playoffs can't have five good defenders. There's not enough good defenders in the league. But the offense is just is more valuable, simply put, than defense. And it's one of those things where if you give up, so Dame, basically the idea is he's giving up about two and a half points per 100 possessions by being a bad defender, but he's giving you an extra six points on offense. So you're getting net four points. I probably should have led with that. You're just net getting more on offense than you're giving up. So that is probably the easiest way to settle that debate. So the question is, how good is Dame right now? I feel like we, we zoomed in on all the skills. Let's just macro look at, Let's pull up my top 10 players in the league and see where he sits inside that spoiler. He's in the top 10. Okay, so there's Jokic, I'd say, alone at the mountaintop. He is alone as probably the best player in the league. I don't think you're going to get a lot of arguments, especially coming off a championship. After that, you have Luka, you have Steph, you have Giannis, and now you probably have Embiid after the MVP as that kind of second tier. We'll call them the, we'll call Jokic the S tier. The next guys after that, the A-plus tier, those are the top five players in the league. And which, I don't even know if I want Embiid in that. Do I, st- I didn't put Embiid in that tier in, uh, in my mid-season rankings, and people were not happy about that. People were very, very upset. Um, but I, I don't know if he's still there. I, the MVP award makes me want to put him there, but I'm like, is that right? I, didn't, I don't think he should have won the award. <laughs> That's a conversation for another time. After that is where I'm trying to settle where we want Dame. There's Jimmy Butler for me. This is at like six, seven, eight range. There's Jimmy Butler. There's Dame. There's AD. And I think that's where I'm cutting it off. I think there is. Because I mean, after that, it's like Devin Booker is maybe in the mix, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant. But like, let's just say Booker, for example. Do I think Devin Booker is better than Dame on offense? No. I don't, and I think they're both pretty poor defenders. So it's like right off the bat, like I think Dame is probably a better shooter. Oh, Devin Booker's a fantastic shooter, better mid-range shooter, but Dame is better from three. He's a better playmaker, and I, I maybe Booker's a little better at defense, but I don't think it really matters. In, like because the the skills that Dame has make it not matter, <laughs> and uh, the conversation now becomes Jimmy Butler. And Anthony Davis, where we saw Anthony Davis take over at a level in two rounds in the playoffs this year that were historic dominance in terms of just shutting down the paint for the Grizzlies series and the Golden State series, a level of dominance that I have not seen in a while off the top of my head defensively. And then on top of that, 80 is a pretty good offensive player, not elite, but pretty good. And then Jimmy Butler has taken his team to two finals in a Western Conference final uh, in three. You know, that happened. Those three things happened in four years, which is, is pretty wild. His scoring numbers in the playoffs have been pretty absurd, and he is a huge plus on defense at the forward position. So, like I said, 
your defense doesn't matter in these tippy top rankings as much, but especially when you're not a big, like AD's defense does matter. Giannis's, you know, does matter because they're centers and the value so insane. But Jimmy Butler is one of the best defenders in the league that is not a big and generates a lot of turnovers that lead to easy offense for the Heat. So that is quite valuable. And yeah, he's just got that something special. You know, I talked about it when you, when you were, oh no, that was in the, that was in the part I cut. So in my original recording, I talked about preparing for episodes like this and not just kind of going off the cuff and not talking about, you know, players that are just special or just have it, or, you know, they just have a feel or they they got, they got dogs in them and they're tough. And that's, that's what sports radio people start saying when they need to fill time and they need to get to a commercial break, especially when they start saying it over and over and over again. It does matter. I think it does matter. I sometimes use the term controlling games or controlling possessions, but uh, you know, there's a little bit of like, do you, do you have that special, that special quality? I think there's something in, in football scouting where, when they would be like, well, do you want to draft this quarterback? One of the questions they ask is, can you envision him lifting the championship trophy? And I think it's always just a fun question. And these guys are definitely on the list. I mean, I've seen AD do it. <laughs> uh, and then Dame and Jimmy Butler, where it's like, can these guys be, these guys might end up on the same team. Oh my God. If these guys end up on the same team, so whatever. The answer is Jimmy Butler. I think it, oh, that's a tough one. Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Dame at six. I'm going to go Jimmy Butler at seven. I'm going to go AD at eight. And I'm going to get killed by the Laker fans for saying that. But I think that's where I'm where I'm standing because I value really, really volatile high end offense where it's like this player could score like Dame could score 68 points in a playoff game. I believe he can do that. Jimmy Butler, special cat, and he can he he's shown that he can up it in the playoffs of scoring. But I like Dame. I'm like he could have two 68 point games in a playoff run. That that's very possible in my mind. So I'm gonna go with Dame at six. That's how good I think Damian Lillard is right now. If he gets traded to the Heat, <sighs> some people in Florida might have some cardiac issues. That's how exciting that'll be. That oh man oh man oh man I that would be that would be quite quite the trio, but Dame how good is he right now? I think he's the sixth best player in the NBA. I just think he's on a really bad team, and then his 2022 season was shortened to injury, and sometimes we forget about players when they're not in the best situation and they miss a lot of time. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. If you uh, got any uh, got any takes on this, at Taylor Metrics on Twitter. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.